Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited for today. There's no guest, there's no commercials. I just want to jam with you about my own personal experience with the Wildland Wellness Foundation down in Mexico, the retreat center, and everything that happened to me as a supporter, but also a participant in the medicine, a participant in a cosmic journey of meeting my cosmic family. And I I think just to start off with, like I'm, I'm still speechless of the things that I saw, the love that I felt, the divine connection that was just reinforced for me, the opening of my gifts even more, and the ability to go even deeper in a trance. It was just so powerful. And and I guess to be just like super open is is for me, I've always wanted to drink ayahuasca. It's been on the list, like bucket list. And I've been so scared to do it for for a long time because my you know, Kundalini experience, which you, if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard me talk about, talk about it a few times. Um, that experience was so unexpected, so turbulent and violent and really hardcore for me. And it really shook my life. I mean, it turned everything upside down along with it just being so like the vibration of that Kundalini experience got so intense that I just saw my body rip apart. It was like my molecules are being microwaved, right? And so uncomfortable, so uncomfortable that experience. And so I've been so scared to do ayahuasca because I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want that, that feeling again, or to have that, I guess it's just so terrifying. The first time that Kundalini experience, that natural DMT release. Um, and so I've been terrified to do it. And, and I, I have been working on that fear and really going deeper into my meditations, uh, with psilocybin, really working on this fear of really going crazy, right? That's the real fear. Because after that Kundalini experience, I, I was seeing sacred geometry for a couple of days afterwards, like with my eyes, uh, basically the Kundalini came back every night for almost six months. I mean, it was really hard time for me. And so like I said, again, it was just like this apprehension about like, Oh fuck, like ayahuasca, like let's, okay, I'm ready. I was ready to do this. And I'm so thankful that I got to spend a couple days with the shaman, like just me and him. I really get to know him just hanging out in the city, kind of getting some logistical things set up before the retreat and everything and just like sitting down with him and really like understanding who he was, where he came from. He told me his life story and I started to feel really comfortable. And then I met all the other supporters, you know, uh, just the most amazing family of people I've ever met my entire life. I mean, it's like I was born to be with these people and I started feeling even more comfortable And so when it came to the day of our supporter ceremony, I was ready. I felt like really excited. There was no fear at all. I was, I was kind of surprised. There was no fear when I sat down 
and the shaman was bringing around the ayahuasca, I was excited. I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but I was excited. And all I can say is, is when I drank the first cup, you know, I started to feel just relaxed and at home and with family and just this beautiful, calm peace started to wash over me. And then the shaman came back with the second cup and, and I drank the second cup and I just sat there and meditated for a while and listened to the songs. And, and then I, I just started looking at all the things in my life that I was stressed out about. I just started laughing like laughing at all the things that were stressful. It was so funny. It was like, why am I even stressed out about this? Or pain in my body. I started doing these yoga poses and just going really deep into my body and just laughing, just laughing hysterically at the pain, the stress, the suffering. Get some sort of cosmic joke. And then I had this kind of lattice of sacred geometry. It's very faint, but it was like this lattice, this overlay of, of the room, of my experience. When I closed my eyes, it was just this very faint veil of lattice or the flower of life or sacred geometry. And that's when I knew, I was like, okay, I'm here now. I'm doing it and I'm safe and I feel comfortable. And, and it was just this joy and peace and laughter. And, and I came back to this movie I used to watch every single time we would go, you know, before we go snowboarding as teenagers and kids, and my friends would watch this movie every time. Like the night before we were going up to Crystal Mountain or Snoqualmie Pass or Mount Baker, whatever it was, we would watch this movie. It's called Johnny Tsunami. I'm sure you're familiar with it or watched it. It's a Disney movie. But the grandfather, the grandfather in that movie came to me and he started just like, hey, Pono. And if you watch the movie, you know what I'm talking about. That's all he said to his grandson. And, you know, I've been studying Hawaiian language. I've been studying Hawaiian shamanism for, uh, for a year now. And Pono is like right with self, right with others, and right with the planet. It's like being right, like okay inside with others, you know, okay with others, okay with the planet. Like being at peace, I guess, might be a better translation. At peace with yourself. And so I started looking at all these events in my life, and this voice would come over like, hey, Pono. And I would just start laughing and laughing. It was just kind of like this life review of stress, and it was just hilarious. It was just so funny. And then, you know, one of the major traumas I went through in life uh, was losing Michael, Michael Cahill. God, my brother, he, just losing him was so devastating to me. And so one of my intentions was to really connect with Mike. And Mike definitely came. And I saw him. He was, he was uh, kind of, you know, leaning on one hip with his hands on his hips, kind of like a valley girl and just like making jokes um, with his body language. And then he, he came and whispered in my ear and he said, what, did I die too soon? <laughs> oh my God. And that's when I knew it was Mike because that is like, if you knew him, that's the kind of humor he had. And uh, it was just, I just broke out in laughter so hardcore. 
I was just laughing so hard. And I just continued to laugh and move through my body. I was experiencing a lot of pain in my body, like everything was hurting. I was just stretching and laughing. And then I remember at one point it just like it got so intense like I couldn't I couldn't even express it all the way. And like it was like hurting, like the joy and laughter was hurting. It was so like intense and so overwhelming. I couldn't like get it out of my body. And so that's when the shaman came. And he looked at me and he started laughing and said, Siddhartha, welcome. And uh, and he put a tuning fork right on my chest and he struck it right over my heart, basically. And that vibration just went through my whole body and I just exploded in even more joy. It was like this next level, like I broke through a ceiling of even more joy, even more laughter. And it was just, I just started crying. Like that was the only thing I could do was just cry in laughter. And I just, that was, that was my whole experience was just laughter, joy. And I think by the end of it, I, I started to really like feel the word aloha which in hawaii is you know in hawaiian it's like aloha is like hello goodbye it's it's, you know it's a pretty common word but in hawaiian language every word has at least three layers there's three different meanings and so one is pretty mundane one is a little bit deeper but the third is extremely deep and you could probably write a full page or a book on what like the word means very profound language in that way and so aloha is like enlightenment is uh beauty and peace aloha is more of like a way of being it's really like the kahuna is like the the secret of hawaiian shamanism is aloha it's like being that and I really felt like aloha come over me. Like I, I just kept saying like, oh, pono, 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 pono. I was like chanting to myself, pono and aloha. And just like really feeling like the ocean of joy just wash over me. It was this really powerful Hawaiian experience for me. And uh, that was the first night. That was, It was just so profound. You know, and I, I remember other people purging and crying and going through hard times and for me, it was just this extreme joy, extreme laughter. And, and, you know, one of my intentions I remember writing that morning was I want to, I want to laugh again because I hadn't, I hadn't really laughed or cried that much, like really since Mike died, it was like this, I wouldn't let myself cry or really open, like really, really express laughter. So it was such a gift. And now I, I find myself laughing all the time. Like, it's just so hilarious. Like everything's a joke. And so I feel so blessed to have that experience. And and so, you know, the, the next day, you know, we went out to eat and, and uh, it's probably about like one or two o'clock in the afternoon. And I just felt like, oh, I'm gonna puke. I don't know, like it came up pretty suddenly. So I started just like throwing up the next day and then I started tripping again, right? Like I started, the lattice came back. Uh, This time it was like, I got really cold. Like my whole body was cold. Like I was like, oh, I wonder if I have a fever or something. What is happening? I got ice cold and I was throwing up and this sacred geometry came back. And then I started to have a life review of, 
things I had done wrong of, you know, I, I don't think I've ever been abusive to anybody in my life. Right. But there's things that we do unconsciously that are, um, you know, you're an asshole or you're a jerk or the way you treated people in that one instance or things that you've done unconsciously, right? Like in that state of consciousness, you had no idea you were like hurting somebody or hurting their feelings or doing something wrong. And so I, I went through this whole life review of like all the things I had done wrong. And it really started from like this ancestry, like an ancestral pattern from, I think my father's side, and I just watched like all these injustices over and over through all these ancestral lines until it got to my life and then watched all the things I had done wrong in my life. And I just kept throwing up and throwing up. And then the shaman came, you know, we were not in ceremony at this point. We're just like, you know, most people are taking naps or sleeping or, or you know, resting or out on the town. And he came to me, he's just like, brother, what's going on? And I, I told him, like, I'm having this life review, the the medicine's here with me, and, and I'm going deeper. And so he's like, okay. And he went and got his mapacho, the tobacco and sage and, and some other things. And he started singing and, and talking to me. And, and he really worked with me to get to the root cause. Like, what was the first time this happened? You know, that's when, like, I really started to understand of, you know, this is, this is very therapeutic when it's done right. You know, asking the person like, what is, what's the root cause of this problem? Where did it come from? And I started to feel like my right leg, like my knee down, just vibrating, like super intense, just this hardcore vibration in that area of my body. And I could just feel it like, like kind of like that kundalini like it was just this almost felt like my leg was going to explode and then I, I watched my leg disappear almost like it fell away as if something was dying and as I kept purging and purging I felt worse and sicker my body was getting weak at this point and and I remember the shaman like looking at me looking at his his mapacho was his gigantic cigarette right of tobacco ceremonial tobacco and he's like brother like look look into this fire like look into the to the tobacco do you see those eyes and i was like oh my god there's there's eyes there's two eyeballs like demonic eyes in the in the tobacco i said look at it and i just started purging even more and he was helping me purge um, with some energy work. I'm just purging more. It's just hurting. Like I'm just not throwing up anymore. It's just like this energy coming out of my body, like specifically my right leg, my right leg's dying. And I'm just purging even harder and harder. And he's just like, look, look at the demon. And like, every time I purged, the eyes would get a little bit smaller, a little bit weaker. It's just like purge harder. Like, look, look at it. And I just went through this process of releasing this, this, ancestral abuse, all these wrongs that I did, like released it from my body energetically through this purging process that was so powerful. And, and, you know, soon the, uh, the eyes were gone. The coldness was gone. Uh, I slowly watched my leg be rebuilt in light. I watched my whole body come back to light. Um, and I felt really weak. 
Like I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink any water. Like I, my body went through a lot. Um, and that lasted probably like I felt kind of fluish, right. For like maybe 24 hours. Like I slept all, all whole bunch the next day. I probably slept like 18 hours after that. And after I got some good sleep and got a good meal, I was back to that hundred percent. I was like even more energized, so excited. And so, um, you know, that's when I, you know, that's when like the uh, retreat was starting. Like we were getting participants at that point. And, you know, I'm so excited because we're going to have a whole bunch of participants come on and talk about their experiences. So I don't want to really talk about the, the retreat otherwise, other than like my experience, my experiences. Um, because they're going to come on and share theirs. And, you know, I think just watching people go through their own processes was so powerful. And to be there, you know, with paper towels, with hugs, with incense, with rattles, with song, with dance, with love, with teachings, like just to be there and support in any way they needed, any way they needed, like we are there supporting them and to be a part of that was so powerful i it was the most important thing i've ever done in my life like i've been saying that since i got back like that was the most important thing i've ever done in my life like i was born to do this is what it felt like right with these people with this ceremony like everything felt so right and uh the first participant, you know, ceremony, uh, you know, we all drank a little bit of ayahuasca supporters, like just a quarter cup, just like a, you know, a really small dose. Um, and uh, I just want to be able to connect with the participants so much more and see them and, and really understand like what they're going through and to connect with them on such a deeper level and you know, the next, the next day I was still dreaming in like sacred geometry and, um, was just feeling like a lot of emotions. And, and I told the shaman, you know, I don't, I don't think I want to drink the second ceremony. Like I just, it's just not the right time for me. I just want to take a break and, and really like feel, I want to integrate everything I've been through so far. And I was like, yeah, of course, of course. And so the second night was more playful you know, we, we, the first night was very rough on people. We went through a lot of work. We did all the work the first night, it felt like, for most people. And so the second night was much more playful. You know, people were up dancing, joy, laughter, um, lots of amazing, amazing things happening. And, and so, you know, near the end of the night, maybe two or three in the morning, I, I asked the shaman, like, you know, I, I really want some rape, some, like, um, tobacco snuff. He's like, okay, okay, sure. Um, so I sat down and sat down on the ground next to the fire and, uh, he came and, and, uh, gave me rape up my nose. Right. So it's like, he it's a pipe that blows the snuff in your nose. It's pretty intense. It's super intense actually. Um, and right before he, he gave it to me, he, he looked me in the eyes and he said, I want you to just sit, just sit with this. Okay. I was like, okay, I can do that. I can do that. Because the, the, the is really intense. Like you're instantly start tearing up. You can't really breathe. You feel like you're choking. And it's like, you know, it's like, 
a minute of that, right? So it doesn't feel great at first, but then you just feel so clear and uplifted and it's a beautiful medicine. And so I was just sitting crossing on the ground, staring at the fire we had, you know, most of everything's kind of calmed down at this point. And I'm just staring at the fire, like really intently staring at the fire. And I mean, I think I was staring harder than I've ever stared at anything before type thing. And, and then I just kept asking myself these three questions, like, you know, what's reality, what's time, what's space. Um, then I just asked those three questions and I instantly started having a DMT experience and it was so powerful, so powerful. It was the most powerful experience yet. And really what happened, you know, was uh, Jesus Christ came and he put his hands on my back and he said, can I heal you? And I, yeah, please, please. And I, you know, he put light into my body and my whole body is just pure light at this point. And, and then it just kind of flashed into like, it wasn't really anything more of just like watching a movie, a movie of, I, I saw Jesus Christ on the cross being crucified. And he was laughing, he was smiling, he was looking directly at me. And he's, he, he telepathically told me, like, if I can be grateful during my crucifixion, then you can be grateful too. Okay. And, and the next thing I know, I was on the cross. I was being crucified. I had the lance in my stomach and I was smiling. I was laughing. I was grateful. I was doing it. And, and then I watched, like, my soul travel or myself transform into every person, every, you know, I went from, like, the lawyer to the murderer to the police officer to the firefighter to the mother to the wife, you know, to the actor, to the director, like, the golfer, the, like, everything, every type of person, every size, shape, gender, everything. I, I watched myself turn into them and go through their life and experience their life and be grateful for it. And then I watched myself turn into every animal, and every plant and every type of soil and every rock. And I just turned into everything and I was grateful for it. I was grateful for that experience. I was smiling on the inside as I changed. And, and then it was just peace. And I remember, I remember the shaman came by and he said, just ask the mountains. And then I turned into an eagle and I was just flying in the air over the mountains and the thermals and just in the Wyoming mountains, just enjoying like the view, the peacefulness, the air blowing through my feathers, like just enjoying the moment and being grateful. It was so powerful. And, and I, I came back to my body. I have no idea how long that was. It could have been 15 minutes. It could have been 10 years, what it felt like. Um, and I came back to my body and I just started crying. I just started crying uncontrollably, just crying with gratitude and joy. And I just cried. I just sat there and looked at the fire and cried. And, and one of the supporters came and just held me and just 
held me as I cried like a newborn baby. I just cried. And that was one of the things like I really felt now I was a baby again. Like I was seeing the world through these baby eyes of like the magic, the excitement, the happy, the joy, the gratitude. Like I had these new baby eyes. I was reborn. And I just sat there and cried in gratitude and joy for what felt like up to an hour. Um, and I hadn't cried in, in a very long time. I don't think I cried since Mike died. So it was this powerful like release of emotion throughout my body, um, just crying and crying and crying. And so at that point, you know, everything settled out. We all um, went to bed and everything about six in the morning. And um, the next day I asked the shaman, like, did you give me ayahuasca last night in the uh, in the pipe or what did you give me? He said, no, 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 no medicine. I gave you uh, chocolate, like cacao, like a cacao snuff. So he's like, yes, brother, you, you had that experience without medicine. And that, that is really blew my mind. And then the shaman came to me, you know, in this conversation, he said, I, I had a dream of you last night. I saw me and you were both trees and we were just standing there as trees looking, each other, looking into each other's eyes with love. He's like, but you were Siddhartha and I was Jovinda. And if you haven't read that book, you know, Siddhartha is kind of the teacher. He guides his friend Jovinda. So the shaman was telling me, like, you you were the teacher, and I was the student. We were just staring into each other's eyes with love as these two trees in the forest. And I just started crying because it was so, like, powerful for me to have, like, my teacher, somebody I looked up to, to tell me, no, you're the teacher, too. Like, I'm learning from you, too. Like, that's what I came from it. That's what I got from it. And... It was just overwhelming. It was so powerful and so much love. And we just sat there and hugged and cried for probably 10, 10 minutes after that. Um, that was my experience. And, and since then, my God, I just so much more access to my gifts. Uh, my dreams have been very instructional very instructional with specific messages of what to do, how to do it. Um, lots of power animals coming, a lot more guides coming. It just feels like this gigantic upgrade of consciousness, creativity. I see things differently. My, like my wife was like, you look like a different person. You completely look like a different person, like in a good way. Like you look like you released everything. And I, it just, I'm, like I said in the beginning, like I'm speechless still, I'm speechless. Um, and to know that everybody in the retreat had that big of an experience, everybody did. Mine is just as big as theirs. Uh, the, the participants had some amazing amazing experiences that I'm so excited for them to share. And I just remember 
for the second night. Like really, me and Melissa were just hugging and crying and just like we're doing it. We're fucking doing it, bro. We did it. Like we're, we've done it. Like this was her dream. And as soon as she told me about this, like this idea, this dream, I was like, oh, we're doing this. Like, I'm going to help you as much as possible, right? Like, it's been a project for both of us. Um, and I just feel so blessed. And, like, the supporter community down there in Puerto Vallarta, it, it's um, the most powerful people I think I've ever met in my life. Really is just beautiful, powerful supporters. Um, that really humbled me of like really it was really humbling and I think the most beautiful thing I saw out of the entire experience was the second a participant was done with their stuff like the second they were done healing like and you know I want to put a little context here like I don't know if we're ever done healing right that's a long lifetime journey but as soon as they were done with their experience of like, okay, I think I can like, I can serve now. They would go over to their brother or sister and help them, you know, give them toilet paper or incense or sing them a song or just be there as a rock for them. And to watch that peer support from firefighter to firefighter in a ceremonial space, my heart just exploded with joy and just crying again with just crying, watching these beautiful people supporting each other. And I think what I took away is that one of the biggest things was, is the wildland firefighter is so misunderstood. Society doesn't get it. They have no idea what we're doing. They have no idea what we go through. And I don't think we do either because there's, there's this, I guess, more of an indigenous way, at least for me, of seeing the job of like, we're not firefighters, but we're fire keepers or pacifiers, as, as the shaman would say. But fire keepers or like the fire people of an indigenous culture of North America, like they, they would bring fire for ceremony. They would burn the hunting grounds after everybody left. Like they were responsible for carrying fire across the landscape and managing the fire in a good way. Like more, he would carry fire into the forest, to the plains, to the desert, to the mountains, and use the fire to heal the land. And this is been changed into this wildland firefighter role where it's more of a war. We're at war with nature. And I really felt like this ceremonial space allowed the participants and myself to let go of that war and to understand that we're not at war with anything but ourselves. And the true work is, is bringing fire to the landscape for healing for healing not just the landscape, but healing ourselves. And, and I think one of the coolest things was that the entire ceremony retreat 
was focused around the fire. You know, we really connected with the element of fire. We burned things and offered things and asked things of the fire. And that ties into something, that second night when I didn't have any medicine. I want to go back because there was, there was this, at the very end of this visionary state I was in, after I turned into everything, I, I remember I was everything and nothing at the same time, just at peace. And then there's like this door, this door with like light around it, right? So like a light coming through a door. And I just watched this door open and behind it was my true self, like the truest of the truest selves I've ever seen in my entire life. It was like the most brilliant, highest self I could even ever imagine. And it was this fire being, like a fire elemental. So it was like a human shaped body, but made of fire with the head of like a, more of like a Asian or Chinese dragon. And and then I, I watched this dragon move through the participants in and out of the fire and taking the darkness out of their body and going into the fire to be released. And I watched this dragon just work through people and it was just like, I'm, I'm not doing it, the dragon's doing it. I'm just here. It's like this divine cosmic being of like the highest version of myself moving through the participants. And the next day, you know, one of the supporters and a couple of their participants were like, I, I saw a dragon last night. Multiple people saw the dragon last night or that night. And uh, that's, that's something that's been with me since then of like this shared ceremonial experience goes much deeper, much deeper than just our own. And I think that's what I really came to understand from, from the shaman was that, you know, working with one person one-on-one is one thing, but working with eight to 10 people, like there's a group consciousness. There's a group experience. And that's what the shaman's working with, which is so cool. And, and uh, just so powerful. There, there's just, I could talk for hours about this stuff, but now I have that dragon inside me and I've been using it to clear my body or to work with clients or to breathe fire into whatever. And, and it just eats darkness and breathes fire in this beautiful way of just recycling as fire does. And uh, it's for healing healing the land, healing our mind and body, like the dragon. I think that's part of kind of why I want to tie this into this is just this, we've created this wild and fire dragon out there that's like we're fighting this dragon. It's just like, no, 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 the dragon's inside you. And you're only fighting yourself. And I think that's the lesson of the fire carrier or the fire keeper the indigenous culture way of seeing this, this job, this community, this way of being is how can we use fire for healing?
super powerful. So I just, I hope for you listening, you know, I feel like I've been just rambling, but I just want to share from like my heart and just give you everything that I have, like give you the experience, like just share my experience with you. And, and I hope it's inspirational. I hope if you have any questions, like if you're interested in the retreat for your healing, um, you know, please, please reach out to Mountain Mind Tricks or the Wellness, the Wildland Wellness Foundation. Um, I think to kind of cap this off, kind of hit a nightcap here, it is really one of the things I was so blown away by is that there were participants that were very distraught, very distraught. In other words, they were kind of on like their last thread of like, I don't want to be here anymore. And I think, I know I've been there multiple times in my life. You know, you heard Ben Strong talking about that of like, yeah, I don't, I, when I had that thought, he was scared of like, I don't want to be here anymore. There was multiple participants in that place. Very dark. Very dark to walk into ceremony with that, right? It's just like, this is going to be powerful. And it's gone. And they're going to come here and tell you about that. But like, that was watching that transformation from the inside out was so life transforming for me, you know, um, just extremely grateful for the experience for Melissa, for the foundation, for all the supporters and participants. I mean, it was just literally magical. And I think that's one of the last things I told the, the participants was like, well, you're not a muggle anymore. <laughs> you're not a muggle anymore. If you know Harry Potter, right. Um, because we got our magic back. Like, like we were kids, like we could see the magic in the rainbow or the ocean or the trees or the fire. We could see the magic again. And I think when we get traumatized and get stuck in these harder emotions, we forget that life is magic. It's magical. It's one moment of pure bliss or pure hell. It's your choice. But that's all it is, is a moment-to-moment -moment choice. 